Lightning Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. Welcome back. Welcome to the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Uh, David, guess what, man? What, Matt? We won. Uh, man, it's a beautiful, beautiful phrase. It's Isn't it? Been, yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. We're not going to talk about exactly how long because the number is depressing. It but, is depressing, but hey, the number that matters, we got. Finally a win. That's it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice win, too. Overall, man, I thought we dominated the whole game. Yep. I felt like, you know, the Broncos were in control. I felt like, you know, they ran the ball well. The passing was good. The defense was tough. Like, it just overall, we, we finally looked like a team. You know, finally got a turnover. Um, couple yeah, of them. couple mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, no, it, it looked great. Um, some heartaches, though. Uh, Bosby out for a while. I mean, yeah. the news with him, it, it really scary. Like, he was apparently paralyzed for like half an hour after he yeah. got hit. That's just, man, scary. I, I really hope he's doing okay in his... Um, you know his yeah. physical health is really uh, what matters at this point for him. So yeah. man, if he, if he never plays another down, you know that's it's what's most important is that he gets healthy yeah. again. Most and definitely is able to live live his life. Yeah, uh, in, in, you know, somewhat normally as normally as you can for a professional football player, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no. Overall, it was um, really a great win. Um, do yeah. you have any sort of key takeaways? Just how effectively we ran the ball. Uh, you know, we finished that game with 190-plus yards rushing. Uh, both backs really got effective yardage on the ground, and the offensive line blocked really well on most of the running plays. It's, you know, still a work in progress with this offense for all of that. You know, we had a couple of a turnovers there, some, some maybe some that were on Joe Flacco, maybe some that were on the offensive line. Uh, but... You know, good stuff to take away. We really did take the see the team take a step forward and and keep that step forward. Like we've kind of been saying, they've got to keep going in the right direction in these key areas and not regress in other areas. And they got the run defense really well sorted out this week. Um, that's something we're going to going to talk about a lot coming up in the in the podcast talking about Tennessee. But I was really excited to see. You know, we held them to 35 yards rushing, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, and it was, you know, we saw Mike Purcell step in immediately and have an impact along the defensive line. Replace Adam Gotsis, where a lot of those big runs uh, were coming to, that, to the right side of that defensive line, add Adam Gotsis, and the coaching staff just decided, you know, we can't leave him in there anymore. We've got we've to make a change. 
So they put Mike Purcell in at nose tackle, which allows uh, Shelby Harris to move to a much more natural position for him at defensive end in this 3-4 scheme. And we saw good results out of that. We saw immediately a pass batted down from Shelby Harris, something that we were expecting to see all season uh, and haven't really for the most part. Um, he's kind of been quiet there because he's he's been kind of forced into that nose tackle position uh, by need. Um, and so now, you know, can we keep that going is going to be my biggest question going into Tennessee. Uh, we've got a big physical runner in Derrick Henry coming at us this week, and he's going to be a challenge for most defensive lines around this league. Um, we just got to go out there and show that we can play our game. If we can do that, we're going to walk away with the W this week, I think, but it really does depend on shutting down that Titans run game. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I think our defense really came alive. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the stats now, and yeah, like 35 rushing yards total. Mm-hmm. Um, the receiving yards, pretty interesting. Like, Austin Eckler had 15 catches for 86 yards, which, I mean, the running back dominating, dominating in the past is no surprise. You know, yeah. against the Broncos, it's been an ongoing issue. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, it was Mike Williams, six catches, 74. And then Keenan Allen, just absolutely not. This is a leading receiver in the league, four catches, 18 yards. So Chris Harris really shut him down. Um, and, you, yeah, you're right. We got two picks off of Rivers, which is fantastic. Like, yeah, overall, our defense played a great game, and our running game was the strength. You're absolutely right. Um, so it, it was really nice to see that um, that sort of awakening of the offense, especially the explosiveness. What I really love is that Cortland Sutton's huge play. It came early. It was great. And it finally demonstrated this offense can put up like you know the, the quick points right yeah. so um yeah it's it's awesome to see uh you know i, I i'm also really happy to see philip Lindsay as our you know second receiver and uh, mm. leading receiver in that game although it's not a huge amount like it's he had four catches 30 yards but at least he's getting out there so it's another weapon absolutely um, but yeah you know uh, great game overall uh kareem jackson Top defensive player there. I thought he was a great presence too on that defensive end, uh, that defensive safety spot. So is is really good. Uh, my main takeaway though is I predicted they would win. So you did. when you, when all mm-hmm. y'all's were just saying that no man the char- the the Chargers are gonna win, the Broncos aren't doing so hot. I'm like nah, I have a feeling they're gonna win, and boom, they did. So you got it, you got yeah. it. And I kept saying show me, and they showed yeah. me. <laughs> you know right. what? That's they right. went and showed me. Um, and you know I'm not gonna take. All the credit for that, but I am going to take a little bit of credit for that. You can that. take some credit. I'll give Thank you some you. credit. Okay. Just at like 10%, maybe. 10, you know, I'll give you 12. Thank you. That's yeah. very generous of you. I, uh, I, you know, us Canadians, we, we try to be generous. It's very nice. It's, it's uh, what we do. We could learn a lesson from you in America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's for another show. Let's, uh, definitely. Let's the, the America versus Canada podcast coming to you very, very soon. <laughs> so keep your ears open for that, guys. Yeah, um, uh, yeah no, overall, like, yeah, let's great game. I'm really happy about it, but let's move on to... Uh, these Tennessee Titans. Yes. Uh, this team that, you know, uh, looking at the stats, they're very similar to the Broncos team. Um, strong mm-hmm. running game, like we just mentioned, but theirs is really anchored with Derrick Henry. You take away yeah. Derrick Henry, and they don't have much going on. I mean, uh, Deion Lewis is a great scat back. He's, mm. he's a really strong presence out of the backfield, but he's not the dominant sort of back that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, otherwise, it's a great defensive front, really strong against the run, a little bit weaker against the pass. Like, they just really resemble um, sort of what the Broncos do. They're both led by defensive-minded head coaches, although completely different spectrums of their career, like Mike Vabril, Vrabel, Vrabel, 
Mike okay. Vrabel. That's the yeah. one. That's him. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the guy. He's mm-hmm. been uh, head coaching for two years now, whereas, um, you know, he's a younger-ish guy for a, a defense, you know, for a head coach. Um, and then uh, Fangio's, you know, one of these legendary DCs. So, mm-hmm. um at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm expecting that we're going to see a pretty defensive game. You know, mm-hmm. probably pretty low scoring. Uh, the 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 Titans really haven't done much in offensively all year. I mean, they put up 43 against the Browns in that first week, but other than that, like they've they've barely done anything. They put up 17 against the Colts, and then they you know had 10 points. Uh, sorry, 24 against the Falcons, but. Christ, the Falcons have the most points against this year, anyways. But <laughs> yeah. seven against the Bills, seven against the Jaguars. You know, um, just I, I don't know. There, this this offense is a very hot and cold sort of team, and they either hit big or they don't play at all. So it's 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 an interesting team to play against this week because we could really see it as a defensive game, low scoring, and it could go mm. either way. Um, Absolutely. What's yeah. your What's your feelings with the Titans when you just look at them? You know, as well, they are. As as they are, it's just I, it all comes back to the quarterback for me. Mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota is a guy who's been in the league for a little while now, Too and long. yeah, and has just not put his mark on the league yet. You know, he has not established himself with really an identity other than we don't know his identity. He, yeah. You know, he's had some nice moments there, a couple of playoff wins, but nothing that really makes you go. Oh yeah, this is a franchise guy that you build enough pieces around him, and he's going to take you all the way someday. I just and that was the hope, right? When you yeah. when you got drafted, super was he second overall? Yeah, he was drafted oh, yeah. after Jameis mm-hmm. Winston. So I mean, that was the hope when they picked him. He was looking really great out of Oregon, but uh, you're right, just hasn't done much. Yeah, absolutely. And at a certain point, you know, I know that that's the talk in in Tennessee too. Is what are we going to get out of this guy, and when are we going to get it? And He's probably a guy with the signing of a guy like Ryan Tannehill who has, you know, some upside in this league still and who at the worst could step in and either have a chance to prove himself or or you start over and you didn't pay that much to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got a low-risk, high-reward guy behind him. And at this point, they've really got to see something pretty spectacular out of him this year. Uh, in order to get them to that next step, and I don't think they're going to see it. Um, I think that's where you can really trip up Tennessee. Absolutely, they are. They've got, I believe, two hundred and let's see, two hundred twenty-three yards passing per game. Um, that's not a very good passing offense. San Diego's offense is much better than that. We held them to two hundred and twenty-four passing yards this last game. Uh, Philip Rivers had four point four yards per attempt. Uh, against this defense last week and I don't know how that could spell good things for the Tennessee Titans passing offense but that's why it's going to be so crucial to shut down this rushing offense if you make Marcus Mariota beat you against a Vic Fangio defense especially if this offense can start fast I think that was a huge contributing factor to making Phillip Rivers throw 40 plus passes last week they were down the entire game and down by two scores for a good portion of it yep if you can do that again and keep the offense on the field in the third quarter you've got a really good recipe for a home win this week something they desperately want in denver oh absolutely it's um you know it's gonna really come down to if, you know if we can control the game early right mm-hmm. um you know th- the thing is though with uh, with the titans with derrick henry you know he's he's a time clock guy like it's really hard to stop him he can get the short yardage he can move the chains really well um you know he's He's just limited in the passing game, so if we can get ahead, 
that means that their offense becomes a lot less dynamic. You know, mm-hmm. like Derrick Henry's got five catches for 97 yards and a touchdown, yeah. but one of those was a 75-yarder for a mm-hmm. touchdown. So you take that away, and he's got four catches for 22 yards and nothing, right? So he's not a contributor in the passing game. Um, I th- maybe the one advantage that the Tennessee Titans would have against us in the passing game is the uh, you know their lead receiver is Delaney Walker, the sixty four year old tight end. Yeah, um, and Who you still know, somehow catches five to ten touchdowns every year. Somehow he's he's yeah. a beast. He's amazing, right? And, and Deion mm-hmm. Lewis too is you know he he gets the ball quite a bit or targeted his way. So you know given the our struggles against tight ends and and running backs, maybe they're going to find some advantage there. Um, but otherwise, the rest of their receiving core. It's not spectacular. Adam Humphreys is a great slot in this league. Um, Corey Davis has just never panned out. And A.J. Brown's a second-round rookie. And he's he's had two great games, and he's had three sort of no-shows. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, so it it's kind of hard to tell where their, their, their passing game really sort of you know, where they can find their identity outside of Delaney Walker, Marcus yeah. Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. Like they're, they're essentially the same kind of player, mm. you know, they're athletic. Mm-hmm. They can do the bootleg well, but man, they just can't seem to make good decisions and they struggle against pressure. Um, it's, I just, this game seems like a very, very winnable game for the Broncos, just given where the Titans are, um, how they've been playing. Um, but, you know, that being said, we can't jump to a conclusion too early. You know what no. I mean? We don't want to Abs- fall back into, like, you yeah. know, you, some of the struggles, yeah, right? No, this team is not a team that you can say with confidence, yeah, we're going to go out and beat the teams we should beat. Like, it's just, we're not there yet. You know, mm-hmm. we haven't proved it yet. We should have beat the Oakland Raiders week one. We have a better team than they do today. I believe that. Oh, yeah. But we just, it didn't happen, and it really wasn't close. Yeah. So, you know, and that's the next, I guess, kind of prove it for me. I am going to, spoiler alert, take <laughs> the Broncos to win this week. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's they've really got to keep earning my trust at this point. Keep building on the good things that you've been doing. It's been, you know, kind of two steps forward, one step back the entire season. Let's just take two steps forward this week. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be so cool to see. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I think we can. Like, man, our, our team's coming alive here. Like, just mm-hmm. week after week, the offense gets better. The identity starts to shape up. Uh, Philip Lindsay, he's doing a great job with the running. He's already got three rushing touchdowns. He's averaging 4.7 yards a carry. And Royce Freeman's averaging 4.6. Yeah. It's like either one of these guys, you run them three times and we've got a first down. You know what I mean? It, it's really mm-hmm. good signs. Uh, the, you know, Marcus Mariota, as average as he can be and as average as he is in terms of his performance, he still hasn't thrown an interception this year. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully... This week will be that time where we um, we see that first pick. You know, we're yeah. hoping, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think we crossed. can do that. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you can force. And Philip Rivers is a guy who throws interceptions. Uh, it's just it happens for him. But he if does, you can, yeah. if you can force a couple out of him, you can get one out of Marcus Mariota. Uh, I believe I, you know, I'm sure that this is an unofficial stat, but Marcus Mariota is um, one of the is a quarterback who. Uh, creates more of his own sacks than any yeah. other quarterback in the league. He mm. and so against a pass rush that is finally coming together. Like you said, we've really seen this team come together just in units over the past couple of weeks. And if this pass rush continues to do well like it has, I think we're going to see a lot more kind of 
iffy balls thrown up there by Mariota. We're going to see him get rattled. Uh, it's not impossible to do, I don't think. And yeah, he's an athletic guy, and you don't want to let him run all over you all day. Um, but I think this defense has the speed to be able to keep up with him, especially with a guy like A.J. Johnson at, in, at inside linebacker now. I think they're probably going to be putting him in until he gives them a reason not to. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think what we're really just seeing is guys being more comfortable in the system. Guys yeah. getting more, uh, uh, you know, where knowing where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there without having to think about it. And they can just play faster. I, and you're seeing that on offense and defense. I hope we see that again this weekend, and I think we will. I think they're going to come out in front of a home crowd that's going to be charged up and ready to see them play, and I think they're going to deliver a W. You know, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But it's definitely a winnable game. Just go out there and win the winnable game this week. That'd be really nice. Yeah, that, that's Those are the ones we need to see, right? It's great to have your first win. It's cool, but yeah. against the division cha- uh, um division team rival uh you know we've seen them multiple times a year there's a certain familiarity with those games yeah um but then against you know one of these other conference teams when we don't see as often and it, it should be a winnable game we need to see the win all right so let's uh let's bounce to the coaching stuff unless you had something no no i love it okay. no cool, no yeah. absolutely let's bounce to the coaching stuff here um you know mike vrabel we talked about him he's uh i, I still remember watching vrabel pay, play for the patriots uh, you know, just an outstanding outside linebacker for his time, you know, with uh, with the first Patriots dynasty. Um, mm. I loved, you know, seeing him on those trick plays as tight ends. Uh, I think he was a guy at some point, he had like 11 catches for 11 touchdowns in his uh, career. It's this yeah. ridiculous stat. So, um, he, you know, he's somebody that I, I grew up watching and I, I always respected and I love the guy. And I, you know, I, I remember seeing him on the, te- on the Texans sidelines. Um, and, you know, he's made his way now to a head coach position. And I think that's just awesome. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just a fantastic coach. I think he's really doing his best, especially for a younger, you know, head coach. Um, you know, I don't think his career is going to end with the Titans. I'd be quite surprised to see him with the Titans in a, you know, two years, maybe it's just the nature of the NFL. But Mike Vrabel's a guy that we look back 10 years from now and say, yeah, he's one of the really good coaches. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm happy to see him in the position he's at right now. I'm happy to see it. You know, last year he had like a nine and seven. He played a really tough schedule, mm-hmm. um, and he found a lot of success. Uh, so you know, it's it's just kind of great to see a, a great player kind of come into this position. Last week we were talking about you know great players don't make great general managers or coaches, but. You know, here's an example starting to prove me wrong in that front. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so again, we'll 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 see what his career turns into. But um, nonetheless, he's a defensive-minded guy. Um, yeah. You know, he runs that 34 system. His uh, defensive coordinator, though, is Dean Pease, and Dean Pease has been around forever. He's won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. He's won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Um, he's put together like top 12 defenses, like almost every year of his uh, of his tenure as a defensive coordinator. So mm-hmm. he's he's fantastic his system is you know well known through the league it's just a you know your 34 system a lot of zone blitzes a lot of you know you know focus on the running game and uh, stopping the running game sorry so yeah he's he's just no scrub is what i'm saying you know we we, this game here we've got dean pease going up against uh, vic fangio these are two you know old school um you know defensive coordinators pease has been around for uh, 47 years in the Mm -hmm. nfl right yeah that's insane you know what i mean he's been around for a long time but he's um he's done some cool stuff so uh you know he's put together a great defense uh so we'll get to that in a second i want to talk about this offensive coordinator arthur smith arthur smith's a first-year offensive coordinator he was the titans 
tight ends coach mm-hmm. last year. <laughs> Say that three times uh, fast. Yo, Jesus. Yeah, I won't. Uh, I won't go there. We'll, we'll have to burn this podcast to the ground. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so he was a tight ends coach for three years. He was assistant tight ends coach for the Titans before that. And he, anyways, he's been with the Titans f- since 2011. Uh, Variables kept him on. Yeah. from the previous staff. Uh, but this is his first year as an offensive coordinator. And, you know, I think this is a great plus for the Broncos because this inexperience is, I think it's showing this year. I think the fact that the the offense is so reliant on um, just Derrick Henry. I mean, Henry's had great games and he's really carried this Titans offense, but he's just a great back and he's a unique back. He's so big and hard to stop that. You know, against smaller fronts and against the smaller, faster defenses, we see he kind of has a physical advantage. But outside of him, yikes, there's nothing really going on with this offense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's 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 really good for us on that front. Uh, unlike mm-hmm. Scangarello, who is a first-year offensive coordinator, but I think he's demonstrating a lot more poise and a lot more creativity than Arthur Smith has. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the sort of nutshell of the coaching staff of the Titans. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, their strength really comes from the defense. Yeah, absolutely. And that defense, you know, that Patriots kind of style defense that so many uh, teams in the league have tried to run and just don't do as good a job at, you know, the the Titans do a decent job. Yeah. Um, They've got some guys that, you know, some familiar names if you're a a Patriots uh, uh, fan or devotee, uh, (laughs) guys like Malcolm Butler. Um, yeah. That should, should be pretty familiar. Logan uh, Ryan. Logan Ryan, absolutely. Um, it's just and running a very similar system, so it was kind of a, a natural fit for those guys uh, to land there. Um, but, you know, you've also got get Kenny Vaccaro back there, a guy who never really lived up to mm-hmm. uh, certainly his elite kind of draft status that he was touted has, but not, you know, no schlub back there. No. Uh, Adderay Jackson, a guy in their defensive backfield who's really boomer bust. Yes. You know, very, very fast guy, very athletic player, but can absolutely be beaten on plays, can look like he was just totally uh, um, run out of his shoes absolutely uh, by, by a good route runner. Uh, so, you know, if you match up a guy like that on a guy like Cortland Sutton, I like our matchups there all day. But, you know, on the, on the defensive front, there's, there, that's where they really make their money. Definitely. Um, yeah, you know, you've got guys like Jarrell Casey up there, Matt Dickerson, Austin Johnson. Uh, you've got Wesley Woodyard is an old friend. Um, you know, I don't know how much he actually plays <laughs> for them anymore, but he's still on the yeah, roster. He's, he's, he's uh, you know, he's doing some depth. Uh, Jayon Brown, too, young linebacker, very mm. fast, very mm-hmm. good coverage linebacker. So he's going to, you know, he's going to be somebody who's going to be a bit of a matchup problem. As much as Dory Jackson is maybe a, a good matchup for us, Jayon Brown's going to be, I think, taking away Philip Lindsay a lot in the, the passing game. Um, and Noah Fant, I mean, he hasn't done a heck of a whole lot this year, but I think he's not really primed for a great day. Um, but, you know, like you said, this defensive front is really where the strength come from, comes from. Uh, Daquan Jones and Jarrell Casey alone on that defensive line is just a you know, fabulous one-two. Uh, Cameron Wake, you know, ageless wonder again. He's played yeah. really well his entire career, and he's, he's a good anchor. Although he's been injured mm-hmm. uh, this week, so, we, you know, we don't know if he's gonna see, we're going to see him play. But, you know, nonetheless, here's, here's a really good player. Um, so they've got, they've got a nice mix of youth and age on the defense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these players all fit the scheme. And we also forgot, I think their best defensive player, Ke- uh, Kevin Bird. Byer. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I absolutely. think it's pronounced Bird. But this guy is uh, just a you know a ball hawk. He's a great free safety, one of the best in the league. And uh, he, 
he's a big reason why the Titans defense can do so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got, uh, he, he actually leads the NFL with 12 interceptions since 2017. So he's just, uh, you know, and, and just, he's always around the ball and he's really good at going up and get it, getting it. Um, another, you know, their second best player. I mean, probably, you know, their best player too. You can go either way is Jarrell Casey. Like we mentioned, he's been a yeah. four consecutive pro bowls. He's just a, beast in the middle like he's really hard to stop he's up there with you know he may not be in that sort of Aaron Donald Fletcher Cox sort of realm but he's mm-hmm. like the first one in the next category he's an outstanding player so he's going to be a challenge for Dalton Reisner and uh, you know our, our, our front so you know yeah. again our, their defense is good it was mm-hmm. very good our offense is getting better um, so I think we'll we'll be able to exploit some of these matchups and still move the ball like you know they're, yeah. they're, they're not unbeatable basically cool and with the zone blocking scheme that we we run yeah. here you know this there's going to be opportunities to get double teams Definitely. on guys like Jarrell Casey you're going to be able to get hats on that guy and spring holes for your for your running backs but you kind of got to it's going to be a little bit of a slobber knocker in there trying to establish the run at first I think we may see them tr- struggle with a couple one yard runs one yard losses maybe here and there but you know, if you keep mixing that in, keep mixing that in. I think you are going to have success, yeah. especially at altitude. You know, these guys are not going to be used to playing there. Keeping the ground control game and running our game, I think we can push around this defensive line a little bit if we keep at it. You know, yeah. that's going to be the most important thing to me. Keep at it, and then if you get opportunities in the passing game that come from that, so much the better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, their uh, their opponents have ran you know 118 times so far against them with 4.4 yards on average. So it shows that you know, I mean, 4.4 yards. You run three times, you get a first down. So although it might be a little bit of a you know a, a physical start and hard to find the yards, we will find them. It's yeah. it's evident we will. Not uh, impossible. So, yeah. No, absolutely not. So I mean, that's that side of the ball on the offense. Their roster is. You know, you live and die by uh, Marcus Mariota, and he lives and dies by his offensive line, which is mm-hmm. it. The, it's you know, honestly, it's one of the worst in the league right now. They're it just, is, they're which is really surprising when you've it got is. guys. You know, Taylor yeah. Luan was suspended. Obviously, he's now back. Um, he had a terrible first game when he came really, back. Really, so. really bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, so a, a matchup of, of a guy like Von Miller against him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's we're going to see Von Miller get double teamed a lot, like we saw against uh, Los Angeles. But you are going to see that uh, those opportunities for blitzes, special packages, guys like AJ Johnson, and also of course the undrafted rookie Malik Reed. Um, you know, Justin Hollins is questionable. It looks like at this point he is on the injury report. Is questionable as mm-hmm. of now. Um, so you know he he's a guy who left on the on the cart last week as well. So it's good to see him at least questionable instead of ruled out already. Um, thankful that knee injury wasn't worse and, and hurt hurt our depth there a little more. Because as much as I like Malik Reed and I think he's he's earned a lot more reps, I don't like him just kind of being the last guy. Yeah, uh, you know, and you know we signed uh, Jer- Jer- Jeremiah Toshu, I believe, uh, to back up, to be the very end of the roster backup there last week. Um, but you know, a guy who saw some special team snaps, but I didn't see him out there on defense at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's um, you know I. I, I still think that our defensive front has the advantage here this week. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping Von Miller has a similar performance as he did two weeks ago, that double sack day. So, yeah. um, especially against Taylor Lewan, Jack Conklin. Jack Conklin was supposed to be, you know, a next great tackle, and, and early injuries in his career really slowed him down. Yeah. Um, you know, the rest of the line, other than Ben Jones, who's been, 
you know, he's probably one of the top centers in the league in terms of just his consistency and overall, like, you know, just he's, he's always above average every time. Yeah. Every, he hasn't missed this, like a game in three years or whatever. Um, Roger Saffold was brought in from the Rams and he just hasn't played up to his potential. Yeah. And then right guard is, I mean, Jamil Douglas and uh, Nate Davis and Kevin Pamphill. So it's, it's just a, a weird rotating mess, especially on third downs is where, you know, they really sort of fall apart. Um, so, I mean, Marcus Mariota is at the mercy of this line. And, you know, this line is just unpredictable, it seems. So I think that we have the advantage on that front. And then in the secondary, again, like we mentioned earlier, I mean, Adam Humphreys, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, Tajay Sharp, like there's just there's so much potential here. Humphreys is a great slot. Uh, Corey Davis was supposed to be a really like a number one receiver. He's never yeah. developed into that. And AJ Brown, we've seen his potential. He can light up a game, but it only comes against you know like the Browns and the Falcons secondary. So it's like it's kind of really hard to predict how he's going to play. I mean, if we put uh, Chris Harris on him when he's on, whenever he's on the field, forget it. I think he's a non-factor. Um, so overall, it, across the board, it just seems that our defense is better than their offense. Well, and that's, you know, like you said, if you put Chris Harris on him, great. I think you are going to see him kind of disappear a little bit if you put Isaac Adam on him. Uh, mm, well, <laughs> so you'll get and, a few catches. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know how much Yadam we're going to see. We're probably going to see a mix of him and Devontae Harris. Uh, we did see Harris come into the game last week when Yadam, you know, had what five holding penalties in the span of 30 seconds. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, we didn't see Harris, Devontae Harris, that is, come in and play all that well. So, it's probably going to be a mix of both of those guys. I don't know how much we're going to see our new signee, Cody uh, Sensabaugh, um, just because, you know, they're probably not going to throw him out here in this new defense first week after signing. Um, he may get some special teams time, but he's really here just to be an emergency quarterback, a cornerback at this point. Um, so it is. It's probably going to be Harris and yet Yadam. Um, you're going to see probably Kareem Jackson forced into playing some corner as mm. opposed to safety, but I think they really they would rather have him at the safety position at this point. Oh, absolutely, be- because he's keeps showing over and over again. He's going to make plays back there for you, so they'd really like to keep him where he is. And I think we probably are going to see a lot of him at safety this week, but just out of necessity, you may see him play some slot corner too. Um, Duke Dawson. You know, a guy who's played mixed in some good play with some pretty bad play at times. You know, a guy who's looked very green, but a guy who looks like he is becoming more comfortable a little bit more week after week. Um, you may see him uh, matched up on Brown a lot. Just, you know, that that speed matchup seems like a, a good fit to me. Um, but we'll, we'll see what the personnel say and what the what the coaching staff have to say. They always like to put their defense, it's a matchup defense, like it's kind of a matchup offense. Um, and they like to put their guys in positions to make plays. We saw Justin Simmons, you know, cause that Von Miller caused that interception for Justin Simmons, who was in a position to make a play on a batted ball this last week, and we finally got over that turnover hump. That's what they're going to want to do more this week. They're going to want to put guys into positions to make big plays, and ho- it's a good team to come and kind of do that against. If you can shut down that run, we've been talking about it all podcast at this point. Um, you know, if Marcus Mariota is a guy who can get baited into mistakes, this offensive line will give up those pressures, um, which will cause him to make those mistakes. Mm. We've just got to play sound technique, not, you know, hold guys on their shoulders 
and run 15 yards down the field and think that that's a valid defensive back strategy. Uh, you know, play sound, keep your hands off guys, and, you know, you can win this football game in the defensive trenches. Just keep it in front of you, you know, mm, like, yeah. like we've been saying all season. Just keep it in front of you. Don't let the game get faster than you. Don't let it get yeah. out of hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, know? for sure. And, yeah. you know, I think that, uh, like, you, you took the words out of my mouth. You have to put the p- people in the right position. I think we're going to see a lot of coverage sacks this week. Yeah. I think we're, we're going to see a lot. Because, you know, like, he, Mar- Mariota hasn't thrown an interception yet this year. And generally the quarter, like, the other quarterbacks who haven't are, like, um, I, you know, I think Mahomes, I forget if he threw one last week or not, but uh, Russell Wilson still hasn't thrown an interception. I think Mahomes hasn't thrown an interception. Um, you, you know, it's always like mm-hmm. these players that are just elite ranking that don't throw picks in the first few weeks of the year. Now, yeah. Mariota hasn't thrown a pick. He's got seven touchdowns, but he's been sacked 22 times in five games. That's four, Yeah, that's like four point whatever sacks a game for like 155 yards lost. That to me shows the guy's not willing to take risks. Yeah. He's not willing to just unload and, and get let his receivers go and get it. Like it's just there's this, there's this element of like ball security that yes is essential to winning, but mm-hmm. there's also an element of like you've got to be able to take risks risks if you want to win games, especially like you know it's not like they've been blown out every week. They were close many yeah. weeks, and if you're just taking such you know, precautions with the ball, you're never really going to get over that hump. And that's when you can get those coverage sacks. Mm-hmm. You know, we drop back into a cover four or something and force them to sit back and wait a few seconds. Well, here comes Miller and the gang. Yeah. And then, you know, vice versa. If we really drop up a blitz, he's not willing to just throw it up to his receiver. He'll wait. And if, if we're lucky enough that he throws it up, we're probably going to get it. And if he just waits a little too long, well, he'll get sacked. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, it's as if he's kind of just, you know, you know, boring in a way. Yeah. yeah. And he's just not the guy who's going to take you over that hump. Right. So, you know, I think that we just overall have an advantage across the board against this team. Yeah. 22 really sacks. Like 22 That's sacks in five games. Um, yeah, for like 155 yards lost, like you do the math. I don't know what yeah. it is, but like that's just like ungodly. Um, but we look at him, it's like, oh, seven touchdowns, no picks. Well, mm, you know, numbers kind of lie sometimes. And to me, it's just this guy just doesn't take risks. Um, sure. He's the team's second rusher, though. He's got 22 carries, 125 yards. Mm-hmm. So he's a scrambler. He can move the ball. But uh, you know what I mean? Like once we get to the red zone and stuff, I just – I, yeah, I just think that he's he's not the, the the performer we hope. There's already been talk of replacing him with Tannehill, which I think is going to lend you to the exact same stuff with probably more interceptions. So yeah, you know, call it for what it is, right? Right, absolutely. And um, yeah, he's a re- he can be a liability if you turn him into a liability. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, and I think I can trust. I think I can trust Vic Fangio to be able to draw up some stuff that's going to make that happen for us this week. Um, what I would really, really like to see is the offense switching gears a little bit um, when they're out on the field stay, you know, Mm. it's nice to have a big opening first quarters. We haven't had a good scoring team out of the gate in years here. And it's nice to see them come out in the first quarter with all cylinders firing, ready to play, kind of take it to the other team. We've seen it a couple weeks in a row now, and it's a really nice trend to see, but it's not carrying through the entire game. You know, it's kind of, you know, kind of we roll our way through the second quarter, manage to take in the lead at halftime, and then the third quarter we just come out flat. Yeah. And, you know, it's you can't just chalk it up to 
well, the defense made adjustments at halftime. You've mm-hmm. got to be able to go out and execute in every quarter if you want to win football games in this league. You've, you've got to be able to put all four quarters together. It's as simple as that. So if the offense can not disappear for a quarter, that's really yeah. what I'm going to be looking to see. Because you're going to give your defense so many more opportunities to make those plays if they're fresh. Yeah, if, yeah, you know, if they're yeah. not out on the field for 12 minutes out of a 15-minute quarter, they're going to be able to do a whole lot more for you. We saw that at the end of last game where they were able to make some defensive stands that the week before they were not able to make. So it's just can we t- see this offense be consistent enough over all four quarters? Because I think if we can, we're going to see an offense that's starting to score 24, 27 points with regularity, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, we, yeah. our time of position, possession, sorry, is about 29 minutes and 14 seconds a game. Now, like, that just, you know, it basically shows that every team we play against has the ball more often than we do during a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that, you know, 45-second difference may not seem like a lot, but it is. 45 seconds, man, a lot can happen in that time. Yeah. Um, so to hold on to the ball a longer span of time and to just – maintain drives it, it's it's fantastic like it, it'd be so cool to see um you know i think this is a week where we can really demonstrate that i think this defense is as good as they are you know they're going to give us the short yard stuff and take away the big play so that's fine i think we have the the quarterback in the squad to really take advantage of that because you know Flacco's not the risk taker either yeah um, you know the third receiver on the team's philip Lindsay, the fourth receiver on the team's royce freeman and the fifth is noah fant you know, and this is after Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders. So that shows mm-hmm. that he sticks to those players closer to the line of scrimmage and closer to the box um, <clears throat> than, you know, than, than any other player. So sure. he, he likes his running backs and tight ends basically in the passing game. And I think Scangarello's system really lends itself to that as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think that we're built to beat this defense. I think that uh, we're going to get a win this week. Um, I mean, you already spoiled that for like I know. earlier today. Come mm-hmm. on. I don't have any patience. <clears throat> no, that's okay. I respect yeah. that. I respect yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I would just love to see Kareem Jackson just play in that safety spot because he's so freaking good. Yeah. Like, he's got he's been such a presence back there. To see him kind of come in and have to play corner or nickel or something, I think it would be a disadvantage. But, man, other than that, like – yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about with this uh, Titans matchup. It just looks like we're we're heading in the right in the right direction, you know. Yeah, just that's you know all we can say at this point is what we've been saying is now do it because you should. Yeah, you know we we can see it on paper. We can say it looks like a great matchup for us, but we've had that before this mm-hmm. season, and it and they didn't live up to the potential of what they they knew and we knew they could do. And it's been frustrating for the players when you hear them talk because they know they can do these things. They know they can go out there and beat these teams. And they, it just it hasn't gone, you know, reason X, Y, and Z, and we have to start over again because there's a million little reasons why we just haven't put together enough games, you know, enough quarters in enough games to win these games. Yep. We've been so, so close. Just haven't put it all together. So go out there, beat the team that you're supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. Show me the, the the team that you're better than on paper. You're actually better than. Let's oh, see most it. Definitely. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's you know it's nice too when I look at the schedule. Like we've played some pretty good teams so far. You know the mm-hmm. Bears we lost. We say this every week. Last second. Uh, Packers we got beat up a little bit, but we were in it for most of it. And Jags we last second. Uh, and Chargers. Chargers. You know they were a competitive team. They still are. And and we we beat them handily. So it's. It's nice. It, like every week, we're getting better, and I think this week we just get better again overall. You know, next week we're playing the Chiefs Thursday night football. Thankfully, it's at home. 
Yeah. Thank God, because on the road on Thursday night's always a nightmare. And the yeah. Chiefs, I'm sorry, they're man, they're 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 beatable. The yeah. Lions started the blueprint and the Colts finished it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're not gonna talk much more about that, save that for next week's show. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just you know, we're we're starting to blossom into something nice here. Um so it's exciting. You know, it's and really s- fun. And see when I look at that Chiefs game, and I'm not gonna get too far into it either, but just when I look at it and that's why I want the team to go out there and prove it to me now mm. against a team that they should beat in Tennessee because that's going to allow me to get a little more excited. That oh, we, yeah. you know, that we because you're right, the Chiefs do look like a beatable team, but you if you're going to beat a team like that, you do you have to be playing your best football the entire game because yeah. that Chiefs, you know, that's a good team. All right, yeah. it's a beatable team, but it's a very talented team. Um, so, you know, not not too much more about that, but that's why I want him to go out and win so badly this week. Win convincingly, too. Oh, yeah. Don't make it let's let's not have it come down to one score in the fourth quarter. Let's keep put the pedal down, keep it down and finish. That's yeah, yeah that's yeah. I know it seems like a lot to ask for a team that's, you know, kind of struggled <laughs> to put together wins, but they've shown me they can do it for parts of games. Now do it for a whole game. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. Um so, you know, I want to change subjects a little bit just for the last little uh, portion here. Um, you know, so this week we saw, uh, what's the name? Jay Gruden. He got fired. Expectedly. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just sure. Washington's a, just a dumpster fire at this point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with him being the first coach to get fired, um, who's the next coach, in your opinion, this year, you know, that's going to get canned? Interesting question, and I did not, uh, did not prepare for this one no, too, no, too much. No, no, that's the point. I want to I want your surprise pick here. Dan Quinn. Dan I Quinn. Think. Yeah, I uh, think it's yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I think that you got a guy like Dan Quinn who ran one of the be- best defenses in the Seattle. century. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really. You know, that's going to be a historically good defense for a long time. But you brought him in to do a similar thing for your team, and that's where their biggest liability has been. Oh, it's you know, insane. Allowing yeah. the Houston Texans to hang a 50-burger on you. And, oh, you know, yeah. Houston's a good team offensively, but they're not, not going to be hanging – yeah, they're not going to be hanging a lot of 50-burgers this no, season. No. no, and you're absolutely right. I was – I mean – it's heartbreaking. You know, it's not a secret. The Falcons are my favorite team, but they've allowed 152 points in five games. This is the most out of anybody. Yeah. You know, the, the the team in second place are the Redskins. They they allowed 151 points a game. Like it's just, oh, it's it's so sad to see such a great defensive mind just completely collapse. Yeah. And the Falcons just since that 2016 season, which it's clear now that the the reason for their success was all Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just the, the you know Dan Quinn's a great pick. I I if he makes it through the year, it's only as a courtesy. And something about professionalism with Arthur Blank and the owner. Yeah, that um, is something but, that Arthur Blank is known for. Yeah, so. I just mm-hmm. I, I can't see him being on the roster or, or leading the roster next year. So yeah, that's a great pick. Um, <clears throat> I was gonna pick him, but no, no, I can't <laughs> pick him. Um, I'm gonna pick somebody else. I'm gonna pick uh, Adam Gase. He was gonna be a dark horse for me. I know Adam, he's yeah. in, in his first year, but he rubs people the wrong way, and his and... team is falling apart. And like mm-hmm. Adam Gase is just, I I don't like him as a head coach. I think he's a great coordinator. I mean, he was he was with the Broncos, went to Super Bowl with him as a coordinator, right? Yeah, he was absolutely. excellent. He's got a great offensive mind, but as a head coach, he just doesn't seem to have that personality. 
you know, to really fit that role. And, you know, his, his offense has scored 39 points this year, which is the second worst in the league. Um, and, you know, second only to Miami. And they've, they're 0 and 4 now. You know, let's, let's, you know, let's call a spade a spade here. Sam Darnold had the kissing disease for yeah. the last few weeks. He's been out. And then Trevor Simeon, our good friend Trevor Simeon, just got his butt whooped and then he got an unfortunate season ending injury so Adam Gase is left with uh, Luke Falk you know yeah. third string practice squad guy as your starting quarterback so you know Sam Darnold is back this week hopefully that is going to jump start them but you know Le'Veon Bell hasn't done much this year their receiving core is just it, there's nothing going on there yeah um, mm-hmm. the defense was looking great the first couple of weeks but then it's just slowly falling apart but you know your 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 team's led by Adam Gase and Mr. Bountygate himself Greg Williams. So it's a, I just don't get the culture in that building. And I just, man, I'm expecting to see a quick jolt from Gase. It really, yeah. it just, it, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's working out very well. I'm hoping, yeah. but I mean, if Sam Darnold comes in, starts winning some games, and this team starts to get a bit of momentum, maybe the story changes. But <clears throat> yeah, Adam Gase is, um, he's got to go. And defensively, they're actually, they're playing pretty well. I think they have a top rushing, one of the top five rushing defenses yeah. in the league. But like you were saying, that combination, especially of Gase and Greg Williams, mm. whose bright idea was that? Mm. That isn't going to work for more than and, half a season tops. Oh, yeah. And they fired their GM after the draft. Yeah. I, and then you know. they gave all the responsibilities to Adam Gase. Yeah, like I don't like I don't know who's making those decisions, but it just it just I don't know. I'm not a it, professional, and I would never do that. So no. like you tell me what they're up to, I, I don't I, get. Washington is clearly the worst run franchise in the league by yeah. far, but this yeah. Jets team has a converse is in the conversation for second place mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even though that's a first year head coach and he's down to his third fourth string quarterback at this point. And like you said, if they start to go on a run once Darnold comes back in, who knows what we could Great. be talking about in three weeks. But, you know, that's a guy, if, if you don't see that team turn around this season, uh, you know, that's a guy, yeah. like I said, people don't get along with Adam Gase. He does not make friends in the places that he goes. And, you know, he keeps getting jobs because he's a great football mind. But at a certain point, if you can't work with people in the league, you're not going to be in the league. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm expecting him to get canned soon, too. I mean, mm-hmm. other than those two and then Jay Gruden, like, there's a lot of, you know, like the worst teams in the league. Cardinals, they've got Cliff Kingsbury, first-year guy, and it's looking promising. They've got something going there. And in the NFC North, out of the four teams, it's four winning records, like incredibly competitive. Um, the Bucks are, are just outperforming themselves, and Bruce Arians is really showing up. Like, you know, things are going well. Uh, the rest of the AFC, I mean, Brian Flores, I think he's sort of the Steve Wilkes of this year. He's kind mm-hmm. of in there to fill a role, and then once the jet the dolphins are done their season then they you know they they fire him they bring in a somebody dynamic and different who can take all these new draft picks you know what i mean they're they're Mm. they're almost looking for a bridge head coach bridge head coach this year and i think they found him and i think brian flores is a a great football mind he's a great person too so you know he'll land on his feet but the dolphins are here's another terrible franchise and then broncos first year head coach the bengals first year head coach like you know, and Titans are the bottom of their division. They're at two at three, and and Texans are at three and two. So within a week, that entire division can jumble up. So, you know, I don't see a heck of a lot of other coaches getting fired, um, mm-hmm. you know, other than these yeah. guys. So it's um, it'll you be know, interesting to see. I don't know. You know, if the if the Texans collapse, 
That's my yeah. very dark horse candidate is if the Texans collapse, then you could see Bill O'Brien on his way out. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. Yeah, they've man, they've invested a heck of a lot though in this last couple of years. They have, first, you know, I mean, he just they're just in a division, a very winnable division. It's competitive, mm. but it's winnable. And he's been he's been to the playoffs the last couple of years too, so you know it's kind of hard to take him out of that. But I agree. I think Bill O'Brien, he's he's always on that hot seat. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Steelers too. They never fire their head coaches, but I think his. Mike Tomlin's contract only has a year left, or I'm not sure that situation. That's, uh, that's who I heard they want in Washington. That's yeah, who, which yeah. you know, I'm sure Tomlin's just laughing in his boots, like, "Nah, I'm yeah. not going to Washington." No, no, yeah, no. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna give this job up for that job. Oh, yeah. that, I think that another guy sense. we have to consider is Doug Marone. Oh Doug yeah, Marone with the Jaguars, mm-hmm. he, he had that really good first year, but now it's the culture's very shaky. When your best player wants out and just has a coincidental back injury every week, like mm-hmm. it's yeah. hard, you know, and now with Gardner Minshew, like if this guy is promising, don't you want to get some good offensive mind to lead your team to really, you know, develop yeah. this young quarterback, you know? So I think that might be a culture change and yeah. the mm-hmm. you know Cleveland Browns, as we know and love the Cleveland Browns, man, if Freddie kitchen can't get it done, then, you know, we might see him go early too, which would be sad. I, I was, they're not, but they're not going to waste Baker Mayfield's time. No, they <clears throat> in that in that town after they finally found this quarterback, they are going to get a guy for yeah. him that will take him as far as he can go. Yeah, and we're playing Baker Mayfield in a few weeks, so that's true. That to, looks uh, that looks like a much more winnable game than it used to. It mm. sure does, you know. And mm-hmm. um, just before we get into our predictions here, let's do a quick recap of the upcoming games. Like we've got, you know, the Chiefs on Thursday night next week, and then it's the Colts who stun the world when they beat the Chiefs. And I've been—I'm a huge Jacoby Brissett fan. I think he's a great quarterback, and he's—it's showing. They're winning games. Like they're yeah. really—they're coming out. Um, and then the Browns at home, uh, in in Denver. So I think. You know that's a very winnable game for us, mm-hmm. and then you know we then we get into a tough defensive stretch with the Vikings, the Bills, then we see the Chargers, the Chargers again, and then you know we come up against the Texans and Chiefs, and then the Lions. Who, you know, it's hard. I, I the Lions are way better than we think, and then we finish yeah. the year at home against the Raiders. So, yep. You know, I I think you know the way this year is lining up. We've had a rough start, but we can easily win. You know, three or four more of these games. I, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to be coming out as a winning record this year, mm-hmm. but if we don't, you know, fine. Like we have the excuse of that first year head coach, you know, maybe next year will be the year. But, I, you know, I think we're in a, a position to start surprising a lot of teams. Um, you know, yeah. I, I don't, we're not going to lose a lot of games by a, a lot of points. No, I think no. we are going to, we're going to pile up some losses this season. It's going to be kind of a slog, but we're going to be in every game and it's going to be competitive every game. Which is, you know, sometimes worse because then you get that last second heartbreak sometimes. We've already seen that a couple of times. Um, But as this team comes together, they're going to play very good football down the stretch. I've been saying it for most of the season now. I think we're going to – I'm sticking with that prediction. In December, they're going to be playing very, very tough football. They're not going to be an easy out for any team trying to make their way into the playoff standings. Um, And like you said, next year – you know, this is really why I want to see Drew Locke the last four mm. games of the season at least, uh, just to see what we have going into next year with this kid. If there's yeah. any promise there whatsoever, start him all four games. You know, we're not going to go anywhere this season anyway, most likely. You're going to be out of playoff contention by then, probably officially. So just see what the kid has, put him out there with the starters, let him play with them the whole game long, and see if he can do it against real NFL teams. 
And if he can't, we talked about it last week, what it would mean, what the implications are for John Elway of trying to start over in the quarterback position again. Yeah. Um, but find out now. Because mm-hmm. Scangarello is a coordinator that can make the most out of his players. I think we've seen that. See what he can make out of this kid. Yep, absolutely. I agree. I mean, the last four weeks will be challenging as well, I think, given mm-hmm. that we play the Chiefs, the Lions, the Texans, and the Raiders. The Raiders are just, my God, they're every week, they're just getting just like worse and worse. Like, I don't know. It's Their point differential is, you know, they just went out there and beat the Bears, but their point differential at second place in the AFC West is worse than ours. Yeah. And so, you and, know. You know, they beat the Bears in London mm-hmm. so which it, is always a wacky asterisk you exactly know? it's just like you know traveling across the globe like that you're exhausted you're in an unfamiliar place especially in a sport that's so dependent on your you know your pre-game ritual right keeping everything under control like keeping the right mindset then you're across you know in another country in a different turf in a different crowd and it blah blah, blah. Start- it just your starting quarterback is injured. Your starting quarterback is injured. Your backup quarterback is better than your starting quarterback, but he's still not that great. And, you know, it's just like a weird mix. And, you know, I'm sure the Bears' defense were just out of whack. And, you know, these London games are they are great entertainment value, I guess, but they're just poor for the NFL. I don't, I don't really like it. Yeah. Um, so for the Raiders to beat the Bears – Ah, you know, okay, fine. Mm. Let the Raiders beat the Bears. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean shit. No. And like it's just you know they they beat us week one. Week one's always a lie. You know, yeah. I ah, the I Titans know. scored forty points in week one. All exactly, right, and then yeah. they scored seven and seven and ten after that. So it really doesn't you know it, it, it doesn't really show much. So you know I'm I'm not worried about this last game. Uh, but you're right. I'd love to see Drew Locke come out and, and demonstrate what he can do. I'm just so scared of him coming out and looking like Paxton Lynch and Brock Ugh. Osweiler and Trevor yeah. Simeon and all don't, these guys. Like, Don't speak it into existence. You know what? <laughs> yeah. We've got enough. I think we've got real juice in the co- in those coaching positions now. Yeah. He'll look a little better than those guys, if nothing else. I, I think, think so, too. Yeah. And, you know, here's a kid who has, like, four – is it four years of starting experience in college? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, he started games. He's played a lot. You know, the the benefit, the pro of that is he's got experience. The the cons that is that he's maybe a little bit too ingrained in his habits and his, you know, ability to play. So, you know, we'll see what it gives, but we'll only be able to tell if he plays. And, you yep. know, knock on wood, if, if Flacco goes down, you know, we will see him a lot earlier. Um, although he's not back from his injury, is he? No, I don't think he's yeah. eligible to come back until week eight. So oh, another... true. He was placed on IR there. True, yeah. true, true. Okay. Absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. let's really hope Flacco doesn't go down. Yeah. And uh, you and I are both losing our jobs. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our, our high-paying wonder jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so speaking of which, I think we're going to get a bonus here if we predict this game correctly. Who Ooh. do you have? All what right. do you think the score is going to be? I am picking you this week, Broncos. Oh, oh, no, nice. yes, man. Well, you and me are going to be winners oh, as fans because yeah. our team is going to win. Nice segue. Way, Thank way you. to fix that. Good job. Thank you very much. Um, and all of Broncos country will be winners too. As far as the final score goes, uh, you know, I like a, a close defensive game here. Something a little along the lines of last week's score. So I'm just going to go with last week's score prediction again, but in reverse. I'm going to go Broncos 24, Tennessee 17. Okay, nice, mm-hmm. nice. Um, I think it'll be a little bit less high scoring than that. Um, I think one thing I, we never really talked about this is the Titans cut their kicker, Cairo Santos. Yeah, he, he missed, missed four field goals. Four field goals last week. So that's 12 points off the board. And if you had those 12 points, um, you know, the, the they may have won the game against the Bills. Actually, 
probably would have won have been 1914 at that point so they could have been you know a three and two team but you know here's a new kicker and an unfamiliar environment and i think that they just can't make it so i think the broncos are going to win mm-hmm. um they're going to win like a 16 13 game i think it'll be very defensive um i think philip Lindsay's the only guy who scores mm-hmm. and um yeah just a close mm-hmm. game but i think we win at home finally we get two and four and we're starting to look like a much different team Okay. All right. I think yep. that makes a lot of sense. Um, we'll just, you know, let's, a win is a win, you know, I, a bonus would be nice. I don't know what kind of bonus we're talking about here. Well, but, Kevin uh, will probably send us another sticker or something. That's true. I do love the stickers there. <laughs> my apartment is literally every square inch is sticker at this point. So I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, we, we, we love stickers, you know, and we, we, it's like, you know, we're, we're bred with stickers. When you're in elementary school, you do well, you get a sticker. Now in our podcast, we do well, we get a sticker. So it's just part that's of the That's the dream, right? Isn't that the, I mean, that's why we do these podcasts. Maybe, I mean, it's... yeah, maybe you can send us one with like glitter on it or something. That'd All right. Nice. Well, now, now you're getting a little bit showy for me. I, I get it. Like glitter sticker. It sounds nice. I just, I don't know if I'm there. I think we'll have to make the playoffs to mm. get a glitter sticker. It's okay. just not I, there yet. You know, I agree. I, feel you. I like I that. Feel That's, cool. That does feel like a playoff sticker. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome. Good. Well, um, you know what, David? This has yeah. been nice. Any other uh, closing words here before we uh, we end this? Just the, in addition to the America versus Canada podcast, the sticker podcast will be coming mm. to you very, very soon. So keep your yeah. ears open for that. The Orange Weekly Network. That's yeah. right. We're going to uh, a subsidiary of Orange Weekly. It, um, yeah. That's right. Um, man, it's just it's so great to be along the ride uh, with, uh, with all these pregame podcasts this season. Um, mm. And it's going to be fascinating to see if the team can live up to our expectations which i'm sure is their entire reason for playing this week so yeah i mean these players are playing for their lives and their their jobs too like there's a lot of you know veteran guys on our team with one-year contracts and they're expiring at the end of the season so you know they they know something's going to change so they've got to play their best Mm. ball to make the most money to you know etc etc so i think um you're right They're, they're, they're playing for everything right now well, and Derek Wolf, who follows us on Twitter, uh, clearly influenced by our commentary in particular. So, Derek, when you listen to this, uh, you'll know that we're behind you and that we're expecting big things. Oh, yeah, and we love you, and uh, he's an absolute beast. Love watching him. Monster. Week, so, absolute monster. You know, maybe if we're lucky one day he'll come on the show. I really want to find out if he ate Tom Brady's kids. Want to see how that ended up. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be tasty. Yeah, it'd be nice. I heard they're full of money. You, uh, you know, up and it's just cash that falls whack down. that cash pinata. Uh, this mm. has gone down a weird avenue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's end this right now because yes, uh, we're let's both cut this of off. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, thanks, David, man. Uh, we'll talk next week. Absolutely. Good to and talk cheers. to you, Matt. And as always, go Broncos. Go Broncos. Mm-hmm.